Hi, I'm Bruce Weinstein. And I'm Mark Scarborough. And I guess today we're back. This is Cooking with Bruce and Mark. And we had it a little, is. We had a little hiatus. We haven't put up a podcast in about four weeks. It's been a while. But we've had a little issue in the house. We have an injury with our poor little dog. Um, yeah, we haven't had a podcast in a while because we have basically a sick dog and um i know this sounds ridiculous it's like the dog ate my podcast or something right <laughs> it's but it it has kind of consumed us um i guess i should say the tale right that well we were out on inauguration day because we couldn't stand to be home watching the news and we went out into the woods <laughs> we don't with... do politics on this <laughs> podcast and we didn't do it on inauguration day either but we were out in the woods with a friend and her dogs and our dog, and they were running through, having a grand old time. If you don't know, we have a tricolored collie. He's about 90 pounds. He's mostly black with a little white and brown. And, um, he, yeah, he was being a crazy dog with these two labs. They were running up and down this mountain, and um, we saw him at one point make a last leap over a down tree. I've said this a million times, but he looked like a steeplechase. <laughs> he was having a great time going over a, a, one of those fences. It was crazy. Yeah, but when he landed, he uh, tore his tendon off the back of his foot, and so we've been dealing with that. And in the end, he'll be fine. But it's taken a while to get to this point. It has. I don't know. Bruce and I carried him down a mount. An it was icy. It was January. An icy mountain trail. And this 90-pound dog, you know, we were carrying him in 10-yard increments before, you know, we had to put him down. It was crazy. I could barely get my footing half the time on this trail. I had this dog in my arms. He wouldn't move. No. He, he couldn't move. Um, and we got him down and got into the vet. And basically for the past four weeks, we've been dealing with vets and orthopedists. And, um, but you will be okay in the long run, just have a little weakness in the back leg. It, it, it will. And anyway, that's eaten all our time up. And, and I should say something, because it, let, let's before we jump to where we're going, let's say something about cooking. Let's say something honest about cooking when there's illness in the house, because it's a thing. And even though this is our dog, and this is not one of us doesn't have a bad diagnosis or anything like that, these are the kind of things, you know, we sit around and we talk endlessly about the craft of cooking and expressing yourself through your cooking and your art and all that stuff. But, you know, really, this is the kind of stuff that uh, it doesn't really matter, does it? I well, mean, yeah, I mean, it, you cook at that point to show your concern, to help, for love. It doesn't matter that it's not the most cutting edge dish that you've made. But honestly, we actually have been cooking for the dog because the meds have been upsetting his stomach. So, He's been living on chicken and rice, but if you have a person in your life oh my gosh. who's been injured or has a bad diagnosis, think about cooking for them, for the family, for them. It doesn't have to be high-end gourmet. It just has to be really comforting, but, nourishing food. But I also want to say that if you have a person in your own house who is sick or something like this, you know, which ours is really, honestly, it's the drama of two gay men and their dog, but it's not as if somebody got a terrible diagnosis, some human did, but it alters the way you think about this whole <laughs> creative outlook and it stymies you that i think that there is something to be said for creativity happening and expressing creativity not when you're feeling well but just not when you're under duress it's there's no it's hard. question that duress does not make you want to pull inward and pull all your resources toward yourself 
And uh, deadlines and the stress of that is one thing. Yeah, deadlines can actually get your creative. I juices find that I I work better under a deadline. But like, the duress of illness in the house is, you know, everyone will understand if you are a little less creative. I think that a lot of creatives like us. I mean, here we are, guys that have published twenty eight cookbooks and all that stuff. A lot of creatives get a kind of endorphin rush over deadlines. I know that there's a there's a myth out there about creatives who are. Um, you know, who are always last minute and they're not paying attention. You know, the way you write a book, as they say, a six-month book deal is five and a half months of drinking, a week of panicking, and a week of writing. <laughs> would, but, would that it only I took know. a week to and write a book. And that's the very Hollywood fantasy about how this all happens. But I think a lot of creatives who are seriously into the business, whether they're painting or photo- photograph- photography or writing cookbooks or even just cooking for the family, you kind of get into the endorphin of the deadline and it's cool to try to meet it. I even watched this happen with us and uh, dinner parties as a, you know, as the evening gets closer and as people, it's getting closer and closer to the time to come, you can see this kind of ramp up of energy toward the moment when the doorbell rings. And it's, it's funny that all happens because things are on an even keel, but when you're under some kind of duress, None of that provides you an endorphin rush anymore, right. and it it all get, it it all gets pulled in. So what we're going to do today is not cook something new, but in honor of our lovely Kali Spritzy, we're going Spritzy. to replay. We're going to replay one of our favorites, which is making dog biscuits. And we did this uh, about a year ago, and these are the best dog biscuits. We had a ton of fun making them, and we hope you enjoy listening to it again. Welcome. I'm Bruce Weinstein. I'm the chef in Bruce and Mark. Hey there, and I'm Mark Scarborough. I'm the writer. I may be the chef, but today I'm getting out of the kitchen. Because I've got a secret. As a writer, I haven't cooked a thing in years. That's about to change. Mark's headed into the kitchen. Remember, he's a writer, and he gets easily distracted, usually by bourbon. Hey, watch it. I'm doing the cooking. And I'm going to help you out. And I'm going to guide him, and I'm going to give him tips, and I'm going to judge him. And so after 25 books, he can finally say, Hey, I f***ing made that. So, uh, contrary to popular opinion, I'm not just the writer. Oh, I mean, no, you do a lot of things around here. <laughs> I mean, when Bruce and I sit down to develop recipes, we actually concept them out together. We talk about how the recipe works and how it works with what and why it works and who it works with and who it works with whom and oh, why. Oh, I like and... the who part. And I write cookbooks with... What to make with whom next. Yeah. Excellent. Oh, I like that. Recipes with your grandma. Who Recipes did... with your neighbor. Mm. <laughs> I like that. Who not to share this recipe with? <laughs> anyway, um, so, but, you know, I mean, this is really all theory for me at this point. I mean, after writing however many books that we've written, 20 gobzillion books, it's very hard for us to both be in the kitchen at the same moment and keep up the pace. So anyway, I go away and write. But sometimes I actually get to develop recipes on my own. And you did a fabulous cake recipe in our next book, A La Mode. It was delicious. I did. That's probably more about that later. That book comes out in June and more about that later. But uh, right now, I want to share my recipe for, wait for it, dog biscuits. Oh, no. I don't know that I'm looking forward to tasting and judgment. (laughs) Hey, payback's brutal, man. So uh, I always swore that I would never, ever cook for the dogs. I have had dogs my whole life, and I've always said I am not making their dinners, and I'm not cooking food. They eat kibble. They eat nice kibble. But, you know, I mean, come on. I'm not going to cook for my dogs. And then, I don't know. 
one night I got bored and all of a sudden we have dog biscuits. Yeah, I came home from rehearsal. Yes, rehearsal because I sing with a Baroque group. And I came home and the house smelled great and the counter was covered with these cookies, but they were shaped like dog biscuits and the dog's mouths were watering and I realized, well, they weren't for me, they were for the dog. No, they are for the dogs. And you know, they always say when you train dogs that if you want better results, you have to have better treats. Up the treats. Yeah, I know. That's probably good marital advice too. <laughs> so if you want better advice, uh, better results, up the treats. But anyway, they say that about dogs and uh, I I think these treats are really nice. They're these peanut butter, oaty treats. The dogs seem to really like them. There's no really added sugar except what's in the peanut butter. And uh, they're kind of savory. I don't know. The dogs seem to love them, The right? dogs absolutely love them. So I think since the dogs are looking kind of hungry, you need to get baking. Okay, I, I, I hate it when food writers say this. I absolutely hate what I'm about to say, but here I go. Uh, this recipe is so easy. <laughs> uh, well, actually, this recipe is easy now. It's not as easy as, say, a croquembouche, uh, oh, which no. I would say is easy. Oh, oh, no. It's definitely not as easy as a croquembouche. My gosh, that's so easy. But, okay, Mark is going to tell you how easy this is. But remember, you don't have to write this down as he gives you the ingredients. It will be This recipe is listed on our website at bruceandmark.com. Right. So here's how it goes down. I mix together in a big bowl two cups of whole wheat flour and a half a cup of rolled oats, not quick cooking or steel cut oats, and a tablespoon of baking powder and a half a tablespoon of Worcestershire sauce and a half a teaspoon of onion powder and a half a teaspoon of garlic powder. Sounds delicious to me. Mmm, <laughs> 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 good cookies. And then I stir in a cup of low-sodium beef broth. Oh, yum. Mm, and a cup of regular peanut butter. Regular, regular creamy peanut butter. Yeah, Mark's talking about the store brand peanut butter, not the fancy natural style, not your no, 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 not no. your your scudders, not your No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> not, not your smuckers. Not your store where you grind the peanuts one by one under your heel I mean, in let's, the store. No. To be honest about it, I've tried to give Dreidel the natural, delicious, crunchy peanut butter only made from peanuts, and the dog spits it out. But if I open the store brand creamy peanut butter, he gobbles it up, and it's about the texture. It's really, really smooth and thicker and pasty, and it works so much better in, in baking. And also about the flour. Uh, the first time I made these, I didn't have any whole wheat flour, and that whole wheat flour gives it nice, good, dry crunch, which the dogs like. And I didn't have any, so I took out the turbo blender and I actually ground wheat berries into flour in the turbo blender. That's a, an amazing trick to know, that if you have a Vitamix or a Blendtec or a Wearing Extreme blender, you could put in any grain and come out with whole grain flour. Yeah. Great, great and thing. Later in this year, we're going to be talking about how you can put out, put a lot of things in there and pull out a lot of brownies and cakes, but that's coming up later. Anyway, uh, I made the flour, but now I just keep whole wheat flour around for these. Well, this dough is looking pretty good. You've been stirring this up, and you know I'm touching it, and it doesn't feel wet or sticky, and... To be honest, it feels like kids' Play-Doh, which right. I think is the texture you're looking for. Right. So uh, I see you floured the counter, so you're going to roll these out, I guess. Yep. I put more whole wheat flour on the counter. I put the dough down on it, put some flour on top of it. Now I'm rolling them out, and about a half an inch thick. First time I did this, I did it an inch thick, and I thought they were too cakey. 
Uh, I didn't think the texture was right. I mean, the dogs seemed to like them, but I didn't think the texture was right. So. I love it that you want the texture to be crunchier for the dogs well, when they're happy with it and if because, it was dust. Because when I hear them crunching away, I think I did a good job. Oh, so. you did a good job anyway. <laughs> so I've got this cute little dog biscuit, dog bone biscuit cutter that I bought. Oh, it's adorable. It's really cute. And I cut out the dough into these dog bone shapes and put them on greased baking sheets and coat them with a little grated Parmesan cheese. Oh, I love Parmesan cheese. Now tell me that's our really expensive Parmigiano Reggiano. Sure. Oh, excellent. <laughs> sure. Nice. And I baked them in a 375 degree oven for about 20 minutes and the treats get really crunchy on the edges and the parm melts just a little bit on top. I, I use pretty roughly grated parm so that it sticks on top. So now we're going to bake these and you're going to bake them as you said 375 degrees about 20 minutes and they'll be toasty and brown. That's right now, and I want to say that the other trick I've learned with these is that I leave them out on the counter overnight. Once I'm done with them and I get them out on the, the, the racks and I get them off the cookie sheets and I let them cool on wire racks, I let them cool all night long because then they get really stale and crunchy. And those are the nights that we lock the dogs in our bedroom <laughs> lest we get up and there are no more cookies left on the counter. My dogs are better than that. <laughs> well, they are. So, you know, if you want to make these cookies with the very cutter Mark is using, and I'm going to tell you, it's adorable. There's a link for that cutter on our website, bruceandmark.com. You get three different sizes to a box. They're very cute. It's nice. And so that's about it. Except for... My favorite part, tasting and judgment. I want to see you eat one of these. <laughs> um, well, no. But our dog sitter, and yes, we do have a babysitter for the dog. She says that she's tried them, and she thinks they're pretty good. Yeah, I mean, there's really, you could try them. There's nothing in here that would be not good, as long as you like oniony, garlicky, peanut butter, cookie, Crunchy, sugar. stale, hard with cheese on them. Mmm. <laughs> But, you know, you know, I think we could definitely get to try them for Tasting Judgment. The boys could try them. Oh, I'm sure the furry well-wishers would be happy to have them. And I would say that these are a smash hit. I, I, I just can't believe that I'm making dog biscuits. I mean, the things I swore I'd never do that now I do. Ooh, how far do you want to take that? Um, <laughs> let, <laughs> l let's keep this show G-rated, okay? Uh, uh, except for the cussing. This recipe from Mark's Peanut Butter Dog Biscuits is original to this podcast. If you'd like to see a full version of it or order those great dog bone cookie cutters, just head over to our website, bruceandmark.com. Check it out. Peanut Butter Dog Biscuits. I swore I'd never make them, and yet I f***ing made them.